Welcome to this podcast brought to you by Agriculture Victoria and Mallee Sustainable Farming through funding from the Victorian Government's 2019-20 Drought Support Package. Nitrogen is an element crucial to cropping, but for grazing livestock, it can present an unexpected risk. Depending upon its concentration, it can cause nitrate poisoning, which can be lethal for animals and sadly is often not realised until it's too late. Dr Jeff Cave is District Veterinary Officer based in Wodonga and he joined me in the Agriculture Victoria studio to discuss nitrate poisoning and also weeds that can cause issues for livestock. We've come off a particularly long dry period and with that I guess at the moment that there are relatively low levels of fibre in the pastures. So from an animal health point of view we'd be concerned about conditions like hypocalcemia, milk fever and grass tetany. But the condition that I'd like to talk about just now, a winter-like condition, is that of nitrate poisoning. And the reason that that may be an issue this winter is because of that prolonged dry spell, we've had this kind of build-up in soil nitrogen. In addition to that, people naturally using nitrogenous fertilisers to promote pasture growth. And so those two things together may increase the likelihood of nitrate poisoning. Although I guess we have had a very good autumn and hopefully that may decrease the risk. Okay, well, taking a step back then, Jeff, what is nitrate poisoning? So nitrate poisoning, a nitrate is a chemical which if it gets into the animal's body, it can affect the ability of the animal's blood to transport oxygen. And obviously that's going to have a fairly sudden and serious effect on the animal. The animal initially will have trouble breathing and then it may even go on and collapse and die. Sometimes the first sign that you see of this is one or a number of dead livestock in a paddock. Because one of the things about toxic plants is that since all animals are co-grazing the same pastures, a toxic plant won't necessarily just affect one animal. It's got a possibility of affecting a large portion of the flock or the herd. You may just come out and find dead animals. There's no other symptoms you could be on the lookout for in advance? Uh, well, they will go through that um, clinical stage of having trouble breathing, but it does happen fairly rapidly. What sort of time of, frame are you talking there, rapidly? Oh, within a half an hour or so. And given that you're not monitoring your animals as regularly as that, that's what you can see. And often the first sort of part of the scenario when, if, when I'm dealing with a case of nitrate poisoning is just that, a group of dead animals, sometimes even near the feed source, which has given them the nitrate poisoning. That's quite a, a shocking realisation. Would it be a small part of the mob or can it be a, a widespread? Well, invariably, it's more than one since all animals have had access to it. I guess the good thing, and I guess the thing I don't want to make people overly concerned about it, is that I wouldn't say that it's a particularly regular event. It is a fairly rare event. The problem is when it happens, it, it can be quite a spectacular event. Spectacular, sadly, in the very wrong way. Herbicides are an issue in regards to this in some ways? Yeah, so, well, some of the things that can cause nitrate poisoning are things like capeweed and marshmallow. And certainly uh, when herbicides are used on those, as, as they probably have been recently, it makes those plants more palatable. It increases the sugars in those plants, which means that the stock are, are more inclined to graze them. And that increases the likelihood of the stock in developing nitrate poisoning. 
The other plants that are typically associated with nitrate poisoning are some of the winter crops, so like winter oats and wheat, although there isn't really a chemical treatment other than using nitrogenous fertilisers, as I mentioned before, that may increase their nitrate levels. What then, Jeff, is the best way of managing the risk of nitrate poisoning? Well, I think probably the best thing to do is that if you're concerned that a pasture may have high nitrate levels, to ensure that the animals, when you introduce them onto those pastures, aren't introduced hungry. So try and fill them up a bit um, before they go on. And the easiest way of doing that is by filling them up with hay. Then once they're there, keep a closer eye on them than normal and also possibly limit the time that you allow them on that risky crop. Another thing about nitrate poisoning is that over time, livestock's, their rumens develop an increased tolerance to nitrate. And so what may be a toxic pasture at one time, over time becomes less of an issue to them. They develop an increased tolerance to it. And then naturally, if anything happens, like I was talking about before, remove them from the pasture immediately so that more don't go down the same way. Looking beyond the winter months, Jeff, what about springtime? What should producers be looking out for in terms of uh, risky weeds for grazing stock? Well, I think one thing with spring, and and I'm hoping that the long-term forecasts are correct in that we're hopefully going to have a wetter than normal winter and a wetter than normal spring, and with that will come good pasture growth and crop growth. But one thing that you'll find when you have a, a good spring is that there tend to be more animal health issues than in a poorer spring, unfortunately. So conditions like bloat and pulpy kidney become more regular in a good spring. Why is that? Well, because both of those conditions are associated with lush pasture. So pulpy kidney is very much associated with increased energy levels in pasture and bloat is associated with rich clover in pasture. I guess with both of those conditions, pulpy kidney is relatively easy to manage to prevent by using 5-in-1 or 7-in-1 vaccinations against the clostridial diseases. Bloat can be a little bit harder to manage, although it is manageable, and there's various ways of doing that, like bloat licks, oil on troughs, various things like that. Jeff, I understand another springtime thing to look out for is yellows. What is it and what causes it? Well, so yellows is actually a condition that can also be associated with lush pastures in spring. It happens due to chronic liver damage due to previous exposure with heliotrope. And those who know heliotrope know it as a, as a summer weed. It's a weed that's often associated with summer rain. But the damage is kind of done by grazing heliotrope. It's a cumulative thing as well. So the more an animal eats of it, the worse damage their liver has. And then when those animals graze lush clover in spring, they have the potential to develop copper poisoning. And that's in turn is the cause of yellows. How does that actually manifest itself in the animal? What are the symptoms? So what happens when an animal that's got a chronically damaged liver due to previous ingestion with heliotrope, when that animal has access to lush clover-rich pastures, those pastures have high levels of copper. And the place in which copper is naturally stored in the body is the liver. If the animal's liver is damaged, eventually it, its uh, liver will become saturated with copper. And when that sort of tipping point reaches, then 
they will have liver and kidney failure. And yellows is actually a sign of liver failure. It's a sign of jaundice. It's the clinical sign of jaundice. How do you treat it then? If it does occur, if there's an outbreak of yellows, it can be counteracted by using a molybdenum drench. And what molybdenum does is it takes the place of copper, it replaces copper. And by doing that, it reduces the possibility of copper poisoning. Jeff, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but summer will be here before we know it. What should producers be on the lookout for in terms of summer weeds? Well, I reckon a large number of issues with toxic plants occur with toxic plants that follow summer rain. And a large number of those toxic plants are seen in the situation where you've got sheep grazing stubble. And so heliotrope um, is one that I spoke about just now. And you'll commonly see heliotrope in stubbles and pastures which have got bare ground and that follows summer rain. Another one's Patterson's Curse. But another one that I'd like to talk about is hairy panic. And the thing about hairy panic is that it can actually appear to be a good source of feed in summer. So heliotrope for sheep is relatively unpalatable. They'll eat it if they have to. Whereas hairy panic, I think that sheep would see that as a very good pasture in summer. It's just that in young sheep, it can have some toxic effects. What's it do to young sheep, Jeff? Well, in young sheep, it can cause liver damage once again. And what happens when they eat hairy panic, within the hairy panic, there's a substance called a saponin, which produces crystals in the liver. And those crystals block the flow of bile duct through the liver. And as a result of that, there's a loss of liver function. So affected animals develop jaundice. They develop this yellows as well. And the other thing that happens is that they develop photosensitization, and that's seen as um, severe sunburn on the exposed areas like the ears and the face. And sometimes this condition is known as yellow big head, which is a sort of a fairly good description of how it appears. Another toxic plant that can do a similar thing is caltrop. Yellow big head sounds extraordinarily painful and uncomfortable for any animal. How does a primary producer or a vet deal with it? Well, the first thing to do is to remove the lambs from the source of the problem. So take them off that pasture immediately. And the other thing is to provide them with shade, and that will alleviate um, the issues that they have with photosensitization. And the good thing is if that can be done quickly, if it can be done promptly, they actually recover quite well. But if you're um, worried about a pasture, once again, a toxic pasture, as well as not grazing young sheep, like most risky pastures, the thing to do is to give a good feed of hay before you put them onto the risky pasture and then watch them closely. That's probably a fairly good rule of thumb for, for most potentially risky pastures. Any final words or parting thoughts for producers listening to this who may even have the slightest inkling that there's weeds out there that could be causing their livestock issues? Well, there are a whole host of toxic plants and I guess the ones that I've spoken about today are some of the ones that I've encountered more commonly. I think that if you've got a concern about the possibility of plant toxicities, it's always good to seek veterinary advice from your local veterinarian. Dr Jeff Cave, District Veterinary Officer based in Wodonga, thank you for joining me in the AgFix studio today. Thank you.
The information provided in this podcast is of a general nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast.